Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. So welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect Podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders, and inspirational thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truths and personal journeys. Now, this lady literally needs no introduction to the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. She's a world game changer, a program director for Les Mills International, a celebrity trainer, an international keynote speaker. She not only delivers, but trains and teaches millions of people daily through her action-packed inspired workouts, co-creator of Body Combat. I want to welcome back to the show an incredible friend of mine, Rachel Newsham. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. It's uh... <laughs> It's been a while, but, you know, it's good to be back. Well, that's what I wanted to do. You know what? It's been, we was talking the other day, and three years since she came on the show, but not three years as a stranger to Imperfectly Perfect Campaign. So first and foremost, you've been a constant, you've been a constant support to me, the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign. But it has been three years since we had you on the actual show. We've done things between then, but... I wanted to catch up with several people, including yourself, and just talk about we've gone through a pandemic, a, a, a first. <laughs> I think, was it just before the COVID pandemic with myself, you and Jackie, that we did it? Or was it prior or during? Yeah. So it's interesting, actually, that you um, touched base with me because I was driving down the line on my New Year's break and I had a big drive. So I thought, what am I going to listen to? So I went on to the uh, IPC podcast and uh, scroll, scroll, scroll. And I found ours. And it, I, uh, I think it said October 2020. When did the pandemic go into? into... March, March 2020. Wow. So we was in it a few months. Yeah. Because the rest of the world was kind of like smack bang into it. And then... Sydney and Auckland had like a, a little flutter of it March to May. And then we all kind of went back to normal for a little bit. Yeah. And then it kicked, yeah. Three years looking back that we've actually gone through a pandemic. Like, we, <laughs> you never thought. So I suppose coming back onto the show, like we touch base all the time and have deep conversations. And that's when I reached out to you and said, you know what, let, let, let's do a catch up on the show, but let's go deep and show people that these hard conversations, because out of that pandemic, an amazing friendship gathered. Like I've known you for years, but to this point where you're now a family friend and you came over to Sydney and spent some time with us. And where are you within three years? What have you gone through? Not just in terms of professionally, because everything had to go on hold, but mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So I finished traveling, at, I guess, December 2019, which is standard for me and fully anticipated getting back on the road, probably February, March in 2020. And that didn't happen. And what that meant was I actually had to stop running from my life, which I didn't actually know I was doing. I didn't know I was doing it because what I was doing was SOP, standard operating procedures. You know, I was literally, oh, yeah, take a booking, hit the road, 
do another release, create some product, roll it out, present product. And it was all these, um, is it, it's like the underbelly of life. Like when you, you it, on the surface, life's just fizzing away. But in the background, you've got other apps open and they're just draining your, your energy. And then like you're probably oblivious, but your phone starts to slow down till you realize you've got too many apps open. And I was just oblivious to the fact that I had too many things going on that I hadn't sort of like dealt with. Um, and they range from really small things to huge things. And by stopping traveling, I had the time to, to meet myself and say, right, you've got some life admin to do. And I did. And by being sort of in isolation at home, you really do meet every aspect of yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. To quote, I don't know what Western movie that was. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the good, the good, yeah, the good stuff, which is, um, you know, you, you sort of celebrate things that you enjoy doing and little me time moments, the bad, which is kind of like all the extra work that you get. And then the ugly, which is, wow, okay, there's some life admin that I haven't dealt with. How can I show up in this world as a better version of myself? Because this version is outdated. I need a software update. I am running inefficiently. I am, I need to deal with the grime that's beneath the surface. So I guess um, I started that, that, Again, on with stuff April, May, and then it was all done and dusted by August 2020. Mm. Um, and I, when I say that stuff, like at work, so the stuff that I wasn't getting on with at work or getting through, I managed to, I managed to sit and have some really hard conversations, and it was really intense, and I hated it. But afterwards, I realised it was the best thing for me because I'd taken my, my myself to the limit and I was paying the price personally for something that was really a profession. So was that- And it was really I, affecting my mental health, yeah. Can, can I just ask you there, sorry to interrupt, but was that you had to have hard conversations with yourself or other people? I had to have hard conversations with myself first and other people because my mental health, it wasn't optimum. And that's when I first knew when I stopped and I realized that there was nothing else taking my time up and I met myself and my thoughts got louder and louder and louder. And my, I was unhappy with the way I was feeling in terms of this isn't me. This isn't how I roll. This isn't how I like moving through this world. And I'm, I'm uncomfortable. And then it became really uncomfortable. And then it's how I need to stop whatever is happening. So I had some hard conversations at work and then with myself and then that that helped me, yeah, clean up the clutter that had been building up and causing me to operate sub-optimally and have a breakthrough and realise that sometimes you have to, no, every time actually. Now, every time there's a hard conversation, you need to face it and do it sooner rather than later because it's easier earlier than it is later. Mm. I think I, I think we can both attest to that where the severity of COVID and what we went through was one area, but if we look at it as a positive side, it did make everyone go on a self-reflection 
and have a look at that. And if we relate that to mental health and what people go through, when I've struggled in the past and it does feel very lonely, I think what we did see through the pandemic was that mental health touched every single person. We all felt that sense of loneliness. We didn't have things. And that's why I want to touch on with you because we both are very go, go, go in whatever we do. So for all that to be taken away, for people who normally have things to counteract that and take up time so we don't have time to sit with our thoughts, how did you, and I know you mentioned the hard conversations, but how did you go with that battle in that internal dialogue to take and replace that time up through the through the noise? You know what? I don't think it was a choice in the end. I think it, the, the journey chose me my I guess let's call it my soul which is my subconscious um I mean there's a lot of discussion in in the world of philosophy and psychology with regards to is the mind and the conscious separate um you know what is different is uh, the way I see it is the hardware which is my body and my brain the software which is um the chemical responses that happen in my mind and um, and then the programmer, which is my conscious, and I choose how to program those thoughts. And I think somewhere in that mix, from a spiritual perspective, there was a a, a voice that came out of something inside of me that said, "Save yourself, for goodness' sake! Save yourself from this. You have done enough. You cannot do this anymore. You need to. You need new." You need new. This needs to change. It has to change. And connecting with you and having some really good conversations outside of my regular world, just not being afraid to go deep. Like you and I just go deep straight away. We have those good, solid chats that are just meaty. And it's it's a safe place. Maybe it's because we're the War of the Roses, the old Lancashire, Yorkshire um, we come from the same sort of place, cut from a similar cloth, and not afraid to have um, safe conversations. But the, yeah, yeah it, it just happened, and you were there, and I've really enjoyed benefiting from this wonderful friendship that we've we've grown throughout the pandemic. It, I was just trying to think in my head there because I'm trying to relate to people who may find it hard to have these hard conversations, like. How did we transition from knowing each other? And there was it, it was eventuate through IPC, but then just suddenly it just go like when we talk about going deep, we talk about spirituality, we talk about the struggles, we talk about everything. How did we transition through? Because it feels like it was a natural progression, but I know there'll be people listening to this thinking, I want to have those conversations, but I just don't know how to go into that. So can 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 you even remember? I think it just flowed. So there's going to be what I think happened, then there's going to be what you think happened, and then there's going to be what actually happened. So the, the three perspectives, the world, your world, my world. Uh, from my world perspective, it felt like I, the, the, like the old pressure cooker, when it builds up so much pressure and then the steam just has to come out. And I just, I just felt in a moment of struggle, I felt safe with you. And I just went, all the shit that you normally don't have the courage to talk about, it feels okay to speak to Glenn about this. And it, 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 I just took a big, brave, vulnerable step and I just bleh, a couple of things. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and the way that you received it made it okay for me to do that. And I'm not talking trauma dumping. Mm. It wasn't a case of that. It wasn't just, hey, here's almost shit catch. It was just a, a couple of things. And for me, it felt like I let a couple of things sort of come to the surface to see how you would respond and then measured your response. And then what you did is you met me by sharing your vulnerabilities, which gave me an opportunity to build trust with you so that you could trust. And then through this mutual exchange of small pieces of sharing that just take the pressure out of the pressure cooker a little bit and help think out loud and sort of bounce ideas off each other. That for me is, was the beginning of how we managed to um, forge such a really strong um communication friendship what about you what do you reckon well i was just saying now the the recollection of you you talking about it and sharing that like what even just came up was that whole it wasn't a sense of like you said no trauma dumping on either side it was a sense of listening like i think i found somebody and when you've got this support network and this is why we're bringing it up like people are there to listen and i think for me, it felt safe to talk to you because you'd experienced, there was a commonality there that I looked up to you as somebody who'd achieved a lot in your career. And here I was, I was doing this thing and this platform was growing. And it was a sense that when you was confiding in me, I was sharing experiences in that sort of area that you were talking about. But equally, the amount you were pouring into me when I was, quite frankly, feeling uneasy about continuing in perfectly perfect campaign because I was like, this is growing big, but I don't know how to control that. And I just feel like I've taken on this, this, and this, and I've got family and I've got this, and I don't know who's around me, who's real. And because you're on world stages and you've got that many people around you and there's all this noise and everything, you've had to kind of navigate your way through that throughout the years. So it's funny how we, we, I always say, and we talk about it, is how you're just drawn together on that part of that journey where you are and you meet and there is no judgment and there's just listening and it's just back and forwards. And and now it's just a sense of don't share the pretty shit. <laughs> yeah. Talk deep. It, it, it's like you'll you'll clap the loudest for each other's success and go, well done. But then it's like, but how are you really doing? Because yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. So and and I just think that Yeah. That for me. Yeah. It your your quality of your thoughts is determined by the quality of your conversations. Mm. And and like I'm studying at the moment and learning about all the different ways that we think and the different voices. And so the the conversation that you have with yourself, the conversation that you have out loud. And then your thoughts. So, for example, if I speak to myself out loud, it, what does that look like? On the days where you're really tired and you drop your car keys and then you drop your phone and you just have the dropsies or you trip up and everything, you start to say things out loud like, oh, for goodness sake, what are you doing? Or, you know, th- it, that kind of conversation. And then moitering where you think a, a lot. Um, and then the things that you gossip about with people because gossip's easy and it's pleasurable and it, it, it fills a hole and maybe serves a purpose or something. But 
if you find the right person, and we've always said this when it comes to presenting, when you're going through your presenter training or apprenticeship where you're learning how to put yourself out there in, in, in the public eye, how to take feedback on from lots of different places, the key to your success is going to the right person for support. If you go to the wrong person, you'll feel worse. If you go to the right person, you'll feel better. And that right person will understand how to deliver what you need and will listen in the way that you need to be heard. And for us, it seems like we were right place, right time for each other. And I mean, everybody's in New Zealand's joined by, was it six six degrees of separation or two degrees? I don't know. One of those, one of those things. So everybody, you know, can say that they're connected to somebody, but are they actually having real conversations that will improve the quality of their thoughts and how they think and how they speak to themselves. And like I did a post the other day when I said about somebody, I shared a meme on, on social and said, this person obviously sounds like they're having a, um, a life experience that could be a storyline for the hangover movie. But the reality is whilst they're falling apart, they probably need to speak to a professional to sort out their problems in the real world, not in the movie world. The question is, will they seek counsel? Mm. And that one that one thing, which is seeking um, a solid counsel, which is a person that is there for you and not just to listen, waiting to speak. Yeah, it's powerful. And I think, I think if anyone can take anything from this, it's like if you've been sat on the fence thinking, shall I bring up this conversation? It's take, take that next step. Because there's things in this life along that journey. And, and again, if we relate it to your profession, it's what I've learned is from yourself and a couple more people is I actually prefer people to be truthful to me and give me the shit. Like, Glenn, pull your socks up here or you might need to look at it. And it, it changes the narrative because the ego in ourselves, we don't question ourselves. We Often we go into the place of, oh, what do they know? We know better. So like you guys relating to your profession, you counteract each other and, and fit perfectly with synergy because what you're better at, somebody else may not be, but it it works together in unison. And I think with feelings and emotions, if you don't have that and you can't humble yourself to take on that, first of all, you can't grow. But I think oftentimes, again, this is a hard conversation with some people because it's like at times you just want people to listen and tell you what you want to hear. But that mm. can be detrimental as well, because if, if everyone's telling you what you want to hear in terms of where you are, then it's hard to get yourself out of that position. Yeah, like you, you're going to seek confirmation bias. You're going to seek somebody who will say, yes, you're on the right path. But then there's this little voice, your subconscious, your gut feeling, a sixth sense that's saying to you, but are you sure? And some people will have a strong um, sense of that. And other people will go, I'd never hear that. No, I don't second guess anything. I make a decision and go. And then I deal with the consequences later. And great. Awesome. You know, that's how the wheel keeps turning. We can't all be the same. But if you listen to that voice inside and you grow your communication skills with your own sense of self, then I consider that your personal GPS system it will steer you in the right direction and you won't always win. This is what I'm learning. I'm not always winning 
but I'm keeping moving, which means that I am winning because A, being on this earth, being healthy is a blessing every day, every minute. And if I keep moving, then I'm living. And when I'm living, I'm learning. And when I'm learning, I'm winning. When you stop learning, you're not winning anymore. You're stagnant, you're stale, you're expiring. And um, you and I have done so much learning. And probably everybody that's listening to this go, yeah, me too, yep. So congratulate yourself on that win because that's a win. And what's the one thing that you and I have said to each other for the last like six months of last year was enjoy the journey. You said it to me. I said it to you. Every time we had a, a sticky wicket, a moment where we were just getting like the water level was rising and it felt like, oh, I'm drowning in this. I just need to catch a wave. Enjoy the journey. Because the minute you said it to me, the minute I said it to you, it it just drops that water level and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. I should be enjoying this instead of stressing about what I'm not getting or what I should have, what I think I should be getting. It simmers, doesn't it? It's you're always having newfound appreciation for things. And it's it's when you have that person or those support people that you can bounce it back and forth. Because as much as we say we're growing at times, there is that toxic positivity where you are hearing on an external like energy and frequency and you've got to stay positive and this. And for the three years I look back when we're speaking about this podcast the other day and I look back over my personal journey and how much I've grown and and settled into things. But I think of the conversations that we've had and how I got excited about certain things and then that didn't work out. And then there was other things and I was like, hey Rach, get this. And you was like, wow, that's amazing. And then it didn't. And then but there was no judgment. There was none of that stuff. But you notice that hey, you needed to go through that to learn that. And you needed to go through that to learn that because it wouldn't make you the person you are. And I even had one the other day, which I'll bring up. So a lot of people will notice that this podcast has has really grown from starting with like mental health focused, career, what's happening, and then spiritual and then faith and how people are feeling subconscious, tapping in to move forward. And even I had a breakthrough the other day and I was like, and I was very honest with yourself and I, I don't mind sharing it on here. I was like, okay, so it's, spirituality found me a lot of people of faith found me through this and told me it was being led and I was going into that path and and I started receiving messages and all this kind of stuff but I just noticed myself along the way that I was going really deep into it as well and I was listening to a lot of people now when you listen to people it is in the flesh so you're unable to tap into yourself a lot more and when you're hearing this this and this it almost gives you this sense of am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? And I was like, hang on a minute. Like I've got a personal relationship with God. He's led this by being imperfect. And here I am trying to make sure that I'm being perfect for God to make sure that it's, it. and I found myself not enjoying the process. And each time even we were speaking, I love what I do, but I'm finding no joy because I'm trying to fit into this feel like I have to, make sure I'm doing good. And is this not working because I'm not pleasing this and where your mind can go, even with listening to people on entrepreneurship, listening to people in faith, these people that talk about affirmations, manifestations, this, this, and this. And what I have learned is you said it best. I think it was even today when we was even talking about something this morning, it was a sense that it's about making memories we are on earth for this human experience. And you said it so many times and sometimes, and I'll say to anyone listening to this, you need that reiterated so many times by your support people. 
Because we are, we forget, we do go into the ego, we're human. And that every time you say it to me, it's like we are here to make memories. So I'm glad that you took Kat, your wife and your kids and you went and made memories at the beach this weekend because that's what you'll remember. Yes, G, yes. Make those memories. I've um, I've got the biggest smile on my face because I know how dedicated to the cause you are and you have been to the point of self-sabotage to a degree because you committed so much of yourself. You almost lost yourself. I think that's what you were just saying. You almost lost mm. yourself inside this, trying to make it so good that you were scared to get it wrong. You was like, am I doing this wrong? Would this be the better thing to do? Is this the better thing? Rather than putting the tools down and just going away and just letting life unfold and having those moments with the family, you were working all hours. All You, I, I honestly did not know when you slept because of the time zones that you exist in across the world. And I know about that. I mean, I learned a long time ago that I couldn't be on every app because too many people would send me a message. I'd never get around to do any work. Yeah. You, on the other hand, you didn't stop. So to know that you took Kat and the kids and you went away and you went offline and you had a good time just made me the happiest because that investment in you will actually pour into the quality of life that your kids will have that you'll then send back into whatever you do here. Um, we're here to have this human experience and it might be gone tomorrow, Jay. It might be gone tonight. It could be gone in three weeks. We don't know. And last year, we had, I personally had a very um, tough loss where somebody that was a mentor for me from my first steps in Auckland in New Zealand passed away far too young, um, at the age of, in his 60s, and I thought to myself, Cracky, what would he say to me now? What would he say? We'd probably swear and say, what the fuck are you doing? Get up, get on with it. Stop thinking, start doing. Mm. And that was what happened for me when dad passed, when I was, you know, really, really young. And I thought, right, I can't be shy anymore. I've got to get up and get on with it. And here I am, years later, getting another reminder from another person that's been a mentor to me, being snapped away. It's like, right, what's it all about? It's human. It's imperfectly perfect. And it's happening. Yeah. It just makes me it, it makes me think when I'm hearing this, because as you know, I lost a, a good friend last year. Um, and that was hard. I'd never been to a funeral before. And just he was only 38. And to see someone being carried out. And it was the first time I'd seen a lot of the guys I used to work with in the fitness industry, PTs, and we were all sat there and you heard sniffles, but you knew as a guy that it was like, you was trying to hold those tears in and, oh, I just lost it when I saw him being carried out, like in a box. It's just the most heartbreaking thing ever. But I was sat there and I think that was a big change for me because I was like, we've got it so wrong. I was like, it could be taken away from you. And the little things that we worry about and we're scared because of this, this fear of judgment or we don't say things because if we think it's going to make us look weak. And I, I've just learned that, you know what, if people are going to judge us, they're not our people. Like the, there's that old saying where people have, um, they go around and they interview all people and they say, is there anything you regret? And they was like, just doing what I wanted to do and speak in my mind. Because when you're older, like all those chances have gone, like, and you don't get to do it. And I just think, you're very lucky in life if you find people 
to open up to and just share these things because whatever you're doing your journey and when you said I was doing all those hours and everything like a lot of the time it never felt like work because I had you guys behind me always just come on Glenn you've got this you've got this but again I always say whether I look at it spiritually like and you know this it's have I lived imperfectly perfect? Do you know what I mean? Everyone's story that's been yeah. on it. So almost like I've had a sense of every single person's and I'm like, sometimes I'm going, oh my God, this is getting way too hard for me. <laughs> like how yeah. many tests, how many lessons, it's it sent me here, it sent me there, it sent me there. But out of all of it, the commonality is that I say, God, he plays people like you to keep me going. So I'll always say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, because it it has been a journey and it's still a journey. And I just want people to see, and you're very like this. And I think that's why we've all been brought together in like our support network, transparency. Like people see the highlight reels. What would you want people to take away? Like people don't know Rachel behind the scenes, what she goes through, unless you are close. Like we don't know anybody and what is what I'm saying. So you, you see your career, you see you're on stage, you see your DVDs. And what would you want anyone to, to, to take away three years later? Um, well, I always like to think that when you work out with me through one of my workouts and then you do a live workout when I'm on the road somewhere on tour, you're going to get the same person, the person that does the recording and then the person that shows up and does the workout with you and then stands and does the meet and greet afterwards, you'll have the same person. And that's how you will get to know how I'm good at motivating you through exercise, but there's so much more to me. There's so much more to me. That's what I choose to do because I know I made, I found a way to make a workout fun and sustainable and I want other people to find a workout that, to improve the quality of their life. And I've I've said this to a few key people because it matters to me that I'm allowed to grow and I'm allowed to do more than be seen as the workout girl, you know, because fill your life full. Do things that you love, like, like I'm doing, you know, teaching people workouts that they would otherwise consider too hard to handle. But with me, they're motivating them and giving them that real good layer three as we call motivational cueing, um, improves the quality of your life. And remember that there's so much to life that you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep following your heart. And my heart was being pressed upon to be more real, to keep it real as we'd always done. So everyone's got a story to tell. Get out there, live your life, be honest with yourself first, and then be honest with the world because we are the difference. If we ha if we can't see it, we have to be it. So if you're struggling with some aspect in your life and you need some support and you look around and you can't find it, then once you've forged that strength inside, you share it with someone else and look for someone that needs that support and be the support that you needed. Um, mm -hmm. Be the change that you want to see because if if you think you're you're not able to make a difference in this world, you really are. For example, just a couple of posts that I put up about advocating for therapy, psychotherapy, counselling, whatever you want to call it, at whatever degree, I'll get messages from people saying, I'm so glad you posted that because that really just helped. I've decided I'm going to go. And that post you did two years ago, 
it's been the best turning point in my life. And I don't know these people. They just know me because they work out with me. But because I'm honest and I'm real about what's going on, the quality of their life has changed. So that was something that was happening for me. And I turned that into a reality that I could then share with others. And that's my journey. And I'm not saying everybody has to go out there and do the same thing as me, but to whatever the story is or whatever you're calling is, like yours was to create the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. The only way to improve the, the world that we're in at the moment and evolve is to bring out the story that we were brought here to live. To do. So that would be that's my that. advice. The success or what people pertain to be success as your success or they look at IPC and see that and think, oh, I could never do that. Or You can. I think when we look, and if I relate it to Les Mills, when I used to teach for that and I used to look at you guys and think, oh, I need to emulate exactly what you guys do. And there's, there's an element of technique. There's an element of that. But each person that I see on those DVDs and I've got to know personally and professionally over the years is you're all unique. You're all imperfect, as, as I would say. You, you, you've been chosen because of that. You're not a carbon copy of the next person. Yes, the elements, technique, and all the, the, the coaching stuff, but you're going to stand out by being yourself, that God made you exactly how you're supposed to be. And if you've got some quirky traits, notice why people are attracted to you, because would you rather have a room full of people in front of you that absolutely come because they love you or because you're trying to emulate what somebody else looks like and you think that's what you need to be. Yeah, and the sense of not being enough, a lot of people are bombarded with visual imagery and stories of other people's lives, which they spend too much time listening to and watching to the point where they start to wonder if their life is enough, if they look good enough if they are behaving good enough what else could they be doing how else could they be successful how else could they be popular do you know what that popularity is worth nothing yeah. it's worth nothing because it's gone your socials can be taken away in a heartbeat and the minute your account is deactivated destroyed deleted whatever it is you can't get that back just like the time you've wasted on it and you will feel like, whoa, all of those years, all of that work I've done, it's gone. It's just visuals. Yep. It's it's a diary. It, it's a memory. It's a way to present your history to the world. It's your story. But you you are the main character. And how you live it and how you'll be remembered is by the handful of people that stay by your side, not by the thousands that, that follow you. You will be True. a memory to them. But if you want to make a difference in this world, make it in your own backyard. I hope it, it makes people just sit and think, because even even when we go deep, and I'll I'll go deep and open up on on this conversation on here for people to learn, because we, I don't know when, I'm from a working class family back in Yorkshire, so I think maybe one or two has been to university. Like I was the first one to do that, and then go travel. But there was still this sense in me and why I'm talking about this is because I think at times from that area, I had a great upbringing, but there was a sense, even though I'd achieved this with Imperfectly Perfect campaign, that I never felt good enough. I was always pushing everyone else to the front. I had to work through that. And then on the flip side, you're trying to be positive because you're, you're bombarded, like you were saying, with visual imagery, like 
You've got to be positive to manifest. You've got to do this, this, and this. And then I was suddenly getting all these people going, Glenn, this is amazing. This is amazing. Me internally was battling with myself going, okay, it's blown up on the external. Now I've got to learn the business part. I was being shown what I didn't appreciate in terms of funding and all that, why I didn't go down that reason. And then I was like, this, I was very hard on myself. I was like, maybe I'm just stupid. Maybe I just don't know how to do that. And this is why I'm saying it, because if there's anyone thinking or feeling that like everyone sees on the outside, like, oh, the magazines, the all this, but what we do to ourselves. And if I didn't have people along my journey is why I'm saying it is like, I could have just quit and I'd have gone back on self-reflection, just going, Glenn, you're not good enough. Glenn, like, who do you think you are trying Mm -hmm. to do this? And you're trying to get there and you're trying to do this. You're just from a working class family. Like, come on. Even through stages of IPC, people will see this, that the external part, but they still won't see this. So if it wasn't for a couple of people who looked through it and saw me for me, and that's what you need. You need those people to see you for you, like Rachel for Rachel, instead of Rachel, this mm. Les Mills presenter. These like, you have to see the person's heart and you have to see where they're coming from. And we said this episode, we're going to go deep because I really want to hit people where it, like if yeah, you're feeling this, because sometimes you do feel stupid. You think why everything I touch, why is it not working? And everyone's going, but you're so blessed. Look at this. It's growing, 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 going. But, Personally, we all have different experiences and different things we're dealing with. But if we don't let it out, it simmers and that's where we go wrong. And was it your followers that pulled you through? The one or two people you just said that kept you going because you had to, you were presenting your professional side and doing your job, but deep down you're questioning yourself and where you went was the right place. You went to the people that will be there for you that have taken the time to have real and vulnerable conversations so that it's value. It's good quality conversations to improve the lives of both of the people involved in the chat. That's what keeps you going and that's what's going to be there and that's what really matters. We can all go and make a living and we can all go on holiday and we can all buy a car. I'm saying we can all go on holiday and buy a car. No one can anymore, can they? No, (laughs) I'm I'm not buying a car for a long time. All the holidays. I mean, my my point that I'm trying to make, which I'm doing a shitty job of, is you have lots of material options um, at your fingertips in, in this day and age where you can do things with your money that you have, your disposable income. But the real difference in this world is the stuff that money can't buy. That's that's the real, that's the human experience. It's the things that money can't buy. So what does that look like for Rach? It's um, keep picking myself up, keep going out there. Every time I, let's call it a speed bump or a, a RTA, as we might call them, road traffic accident, the kind of thing that everyone watches when they drive past, like, oh, what mm. happened there? That's my personal life sometimes. And it feels like, why should I bother? Why should I bother? because I just can't catch that wave. Well, the truth of the matter is whatever I'm doing is designed to improve the quality of my life and everyone that I come into contact with. And everything that I've experienced that's challenged me, that's made me question my behavior, my 
I guess my desires, my my life goals. It's like, okay, well, guess who you are now because of those experiences you've had over the last, let's say, three years. It's brought you to who you are now and look at the difference that you're making just within your small your small little circle. Like I had a conversation yesterday and at the end of that conversation, I spent a couple of hours. At the end of that conversation, out of the blue, I got the biggest hug from somebody, tears in their eyes, and I knew that whatever we'd spoken about in that time had really lifted the weight off their shoulders and given them hope. Yeah. So let's say that. That was just a conversation. You can't buy that. That's therapy, and I'm not a therapist, but I gave that person an opportunity to take their weight off their shoulders. And, <laughs> you know, you, you could say that you'd won the lottery that day, but you wouldn't feel better for it on the inside because that money wouldn't bring you the things that you need in your life. So when it comes down to it, that human experience, it's your duty to be real with the people that you care about. Look at that for a truth bomb of wisdom there. That, that was so good. Because it just even it put me into a, a space of going, we, we're indoctrinated from a young age, like careers and school and this, and we, we place everything onto this external. And as much as people talk about this, this, and this, and it's about memories and stuff, we forget it. We do. We get caught up in the everyday tasks and, and we look at things and, Maybe if we're teaching classes, we get tied up into this gossip of who's better and that person's got this class and that person, whatever, entrepreneurship, compete, compare, judging other people. And what for? Like what for? Because the imperfectly perfect is about removing the mask. And I think what I've learned over three years, what we, again, I'll always say are testing, because if it wasn't talking to you or the support group, it's like you don't come to these realizations, but it really is a reset of going back to basics. Darkness is a horrible place to be. And when somebody opens the door and you see a glimmer of light, you walk towards it as quick as you can and you hope somebody kicks that door down and shines the light on you and, and you feel warm and you feel safe and you feel relaxed and you don't feel scared or concerned and you don't feel angry quite as much and you feel safe to offload your burdens. That's therapy. It's therapy. It's time. We've had a huge global awareness campaign for mental health, and it came in the form of a tragic health crisis where thousands and thousands, 100,000 people lost their lives, and others are now walking around with the sense of, oh, so mental health is a thing, and now mine's under the microscope. And I'm going to look on Pinterest to see if I can fix my mental health with a meme. Um, yeah. I'm going to scroll on TikTok and Instagram until I find something that tells me how I should be feeling. And the reality is it's time that we literally have therapy and sit there with somebody that can uncover the root of our struggle and deal to the cause so that you get that tool and you keep moving and it doesn't stop. Like you don't, Oh, I'm better now. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Just like your immune system. If you don't keep testing it, it won't yeah. stay strong. So go out, live your life, get amongst the world and don't have a confrontation with somebody about something that has been bugging you 
and absolutely doing your head in. It's stopping you go to sleep. It's irritating the crap out of you. And you love them, but you hate them just enough to not get off your mind. Just have that conversation. And if they can't meet you on an even ground and get to the cause of it and move past it, then you know what you need to do. You need to let it go. You need to accept it for what it was and let it go with yourself and them. Peace be with you. (laughs) And on your journey, let's keep moving, (laughs) folks, because what's really important is the present. And if peace isn't in the present, it doesn't live in the future. Another truth bomber wisdom there. (laughs) I'm going to get some sound bites for this one, mate. (laughs) But I just want to reiterate on on that last part of that, if you do that confrontation or something, like let it out. But firstly, please remember to, you know, when we judge people, and I've said this once before because I learned it, and it, it was a sense of get to know the person's story. Because the way that people act and react sometimes comes from the story. And I think if anything that people can take away, I hope, from IPC podcast listening, is that people actually deserve that success at times because they've been through so much crap. And often when we get caught up in the rat race and we judge other people, we don't know their story. We don't know the behinds and we compare our lives thinking, Oh, they're so lucky. And there are this, this, and this, but yet they could have gone through abuse through the earlier life. They could have gone through this. We don't know what that part of the life is like professional life is one bit. Yeah. That's amazing. Personal life is absolute shit. Like, we just don't know. So I think if we can remove that, three years on, Rachel, Mish Newsham, what does Imperfectly Perfect mean to you now? Three years. We're going to have to go back and and, and put them side by side. Uh, Imperfectly Perfect is a blessing. It's a mantra. It's a, a way to walk through the world knowing that your human existence relies on your imperfectly perfect ability to live with all of your success and failure, which is also success. Figure that one out. Every time you fail, you're one step closer to success, which makes you more successful. And that's what it is to me. It's, um, I get out of free jail cards so that when something that I want to be really successful at doesn't quite go my way and I don't get, get it right. I don't hit the nail on the head like a project or an assignment. I say to myself, Oh, well, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the journey and I really loved the knowledge that I got from that. And now I understand what they mean with that feedback. I can do it differently next time or um, a relationship that doesn't happen. Well, I learned that, well, at least I made a better decision on this occasion because last time I didn't make that decision at this point and it cost me six months and a whole lot of heartache. Well, guess what? I've just been given an opportunity to apply that learning and save a whole lot of heartache and actually give myself a pat on the back and go, wow, I just applied that learning and that's a huge success and that means winning. Um, And Perfectly Perfect is a place that brings like-minded individuals together with that are seeking soul rest for their soul, where their souls are tired, trying to be successful, trying to be popular, trying to be a hit, 
trying to live up to the expectations placed on them by the society that they're existing in. And Perfectly Perfect campaign is a place where that, that person's soul can come and rest a while and feel safe and feel like it's okay to, to be all of them rather than just the best version of themselves to get that job, to get that role, to create that contract, to serve that need that's been met for so long or, or to meet others' needs but not your own. And Perfectly Perfect campaign is your legacy, Gee, that's what it is. <laughs> I would say, now, Imperfectly Perfect was started by a guy who just led by his imperfections, didn't know what he was doing, and look where it's ended up. But with that being said, if it wasn't for amazing people like yourself getting behind it and spreading the awareness, and that's what I'm going to start asking a lot of you guys who are listening to this. You can listen to it, but share it. Because somebody out there might need to hear this story. They might need to just, or they might be going through something that might just need to hear the words that Rachel says through a story that I say. Or oftentimes we see these these call to actions and and we keep it to ourselves at times. And I've just noticed like, share it, share it far and wide because this isn't about IPC. This isn't about me. This isn't about Rachel. This is about one person who brought together people as a collective and made it about releasing that mask and it might just make somebody feel like a place of going I can breathe because I know that for you when you first came across it as successful as you are that is one of the things I always remember you saying it was just a sense of I found my place through social media just went I can breathe yeah you're right it was it was a place of reality when everything else was just dressing itself up to be something that it wasn't and I could see through it. I could smell it. I could smell that it was full of BS. I could smell it all. And it was just really early in the social media era. And I was like, this ain't going to end well. This is not going to end well for a lot of people. Something about this just feels one degree wrong that's going to end up 36 degrees and then 360 degrees, you know. Um, yeah. I would say I came up with this the other day and I said it on my social and people loved it. So I'm going to say it here. Less thoughts and prayers more chats on chairs. Thoughts and prayers are too light. You need to sit down. You need to have a chat. Have a chat. Talk to somebody. The only thing you're going to lose is a, is a little bit of money and money you can make. Even if you don't have it now, put your name on the list. It might take six months for you to get the appointment. You'll have six months to come up with what you want to talk about. And trust me, you'll think that you don't even know what you can talk about. I'm fine. My upbringing was amazing. I had great parents. I didn't have any abuse, blah, blah, blah. We are all products of our environment, and our environment is imperfect. Therefore, we are imperfect. And recognizing that and having an opportunity to understand who we are and how to drive ourselves through this world, it means that we're more responsible. We're responsible cities like Toddlers can't be responsible for the behavior. They'll have a tantrum. They're, you've got kids, you know. You, they don't know what they're doing. They love you, and they, they're just acting like little SHITs, and, and they're not responsible for the behavior because they're out of their minds, and that's what we are as, as adults. We, we don't understand our emotional triggers, so we run around spurting it rubbish at people and expecting them to make everything better for ourselves, and if we want to make it better, then we have to meet ourselves. We have to seek therapy, understand how our behavior affects other people, and then drive responsibly through this world. 
because the only person that's coming to save us is ourselves. So if you don't save yourself, you're just going to go around creating and leaving collateral damage in your wake. And it's, and then that person's got to pick themselves up, which we all have to. Love that. And I'll just say something that came across me the other day, which, and you're going to do it after this chat as well. And everybody who listens are, it shows you where your head is at. If you go onto your search on Instagram, you know, the, the, the search page, if you go on that, because the algorithm plays into where our heads are. And I, I went straight to it and I was like, oh, okay. That's where my head is at, at the moment. Is it? And everyone who hears, I told my wife and she looked at it and she was like, Okay. And you do, you look at it and it just shows you exactly because we know the algorithm feeds to those pages that you do actually look that trigger people at times. The algorithm is just forcing more of it in front of you to keep you in that perpetual state of like this frustration mode. And it's like, guys, you just need to know that you need to pull back if that is what's happening. Look at something and just don't go into this whole, this, like you say, Pinterest and looking at these motivation quotes, they're good but they don't do justice to conversations with people, these real conversations. Yeah, you need to have a conversation. Now let's talk about that quickly as well, because these real conversations, they're hard because you need a professional and there's not that many compared to the population. So if you think about how many corner shops there are in your suburbs to be able to get your local milk topped up and your bread topped up, we need that many professionals. We need a professional on every corner, just like we've got the dairy, just like we've got the corner shop, whatever you want to call it, the local spa, the convenience store, the 24-7. That's what we need. We need therapists at that level. And I'm hoping that in my lifetime we'll see a disruption where we actually turn things around and we get affordable therapy. Because at the moment, therapy is the ambulance at the bottom, right? Hmm. It's the one like, okay, I've got a problem. Now I need to fix it. Dentistry is a great example. You, you see a dentist to keep good dental hygiene so that you don't end up in agony. But when you do end up in agony, they fix it for you and you think dentists are amazing. You're like, oh my gosh, you saved my life. Stop that pain. Stop that pain. I'm going to pull a tooth out. We need the same thing with um, the way that we behave as humans. Right now, we're at the stage where we need a massive overhaul of therapists and as many corner stores as we do therapists. For this generation, because you and I, we need help. Our parents may ask for help, but it's going to be harder because they're still stigmatized by it. Whereas the next generation, the alpha generation, they'll just think it's absolutely normal. It's just mm. whether enough people train. So our teachers, our schools, our education systems, our curriculums need to train us how to manage ourselves so that we drive through the world in a caring and kind operational way. One way that operates from kindness so that when you receive aggression, you respond with, Gary Vee's a great example of this. When you receive aggression and you receive frustration, you respond with empathy and kindness. You pour love on them because they need it. They, what they don't need is more anger. They've got enough of it themselves. So you need to pour empathy and kindness onto them because that's how you put the fire out, right? So let's get therapy disrupted so that we can all get to it affordably. And let's start getting the younger people like your kids coming through school educated in a way where they understand themselves far more when they get to their 20s and 30s and they're starting to go, oh, dear, I think I've got some work to do here. Help, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then we could be looking at 50 years from now. We could be looking and we will be looking at a different world, but hopefully not one that's repeating 
the same things that we're experiencing now because it's unnecessary and it, it will be a crying shame to quote my nan. It's true. It's true. It definitely needs change. And as much as we say we're a lot further than 10 years and 20 years, which we are with the conversations, there's still a disconnection. We're still sadly losing people. And that's why we even say these conversations that we're having, where we're bringing these topics to light, share them. And it may just get in front of the right person that has the power and know somebody that can get us in front of the next people. So these conversations are had because like you said, what is it? The three degrees separation, six degrees or something like the amount of times through imperfectly perfect campaign that this has suddenly got in front of somebody of stature. And I'm like, how did you even come across it? You see it sometimes and I show who's looking at the stories and you get somebody very prolific in another country and you're like, how did they come across it? Because someone shared it. And I think that's the thing. If the ball's rolling and like it's waking people up, it's not like just listen to this, share it. If you really want change, like because this is a collective, I think you can tell everybody that gets involved with IPC. It, it, there's so much passion in it because it's it it's passion and not anger, but it's like we need change because there's too many people still struggling. And if this pandemic has woken people up to looking internal and internalizing things a lot more. We don't want our kids to move forward with the same shit and go in 30, like you said, 30 and go, oh, well, now I'm going to feed into those uh, those gurus and coaches who can teach me how to get through all these problems. Whereas if we'd have started at school age, we'd have been leading a better life, not thinking that we need to attain six, seven figures to be successful and happy because everything that... And you've done a lot of these podcasts with me, with with some of these corporate leaders earning a lot of money and... They've openly said it doesn't make you happy. Fame doesn't make you happy. So why aren't we teaching this early? Anyway, I digress. What is, and I won't say what's next, like the world is back open. Hopefully that's the end of everything that we've gone through for the last three years. But um, yeah, where are you now with everything? What, what What is coming up? I mean, first and foremost, everyone knows Les Mills, but you're studying, mate, and you're studying in this yeah. area. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, the renovation of Rach kicked off, I guess, in 2020, and I've just been slowly stepping myself towards that, which involved rediscovering things that I enjoyed to do before I got involved with health and fitness, things that put sparks of joy in my soul. And um, it's been across my heart to understand the brain, and I was frustrated why we didn't, we seem to know so much about the body, but not my mind I understand my body I just don't understand my mind and I remember sitting on a plane going to Japan oh 15 years ago and there was a brain surgeon that sat next to me so I asked him a question and he said oh devices are going to help us to sort of get to the to help each other a whole lot more and he wasn't wrong was he um but it, it was always the mind I didn't understand the mind and I kept thinking I wish I did. And I'd read books, but books then stopped becoming enough. And then eventually I decided I'm going to see if I can study this. I'm going to see if I get into it. And I I went the easy road, which is one of those courses that you just pay and get a water bottle and a towel. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was like, I'm just going to do that. Let's see what happens. And it's like, so what can I do with this at the end of it? Oh, nothing. You can't do anything with this paperwork. What? So I learned, but I can't do anything with it. And they're like, pretty much. If you want to do something with it, you're going to have to go to university. And I mean, 
I <laughs> <laughs> came out of PTSD from my uni times of like staying up to all hours, holding a full-time job and trying to get assignments done. And, you know, I was early 20s doing that. And I thought, no, I can't. I cannot. But I have. So I'm back studying. And whilst assignments stress me the heck out, I'm loving the learning. I'm loving the empowering knowledge and the difference it's making to me and to the quality of conversations I'm having with other people and the impact that I can see that it's having around me because me, my, it's my life and I'm in the driver's seat. So it's time to take charge and and head in a direction that's going to add value to myself so that I can add value to others. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. That's what I'm focused on and um, getting the life balance back in order and um, more time spent doing things that I love, which is watching sports Um going to music gigs I love that um learning and filling my head with knowledge that makes me feel like I am more every day than I than I was the day before so that I'm really living life to the max I reckon that's it and I'm still putting myself out there in the real world and trying to trying to build a personal life somewhere out there but I think um (laughs) as as the saying goes you know I've said to myself all I've got is today, so I should just be loving it instead of worrying about what tomorrow brings. I should just be loving today because right now I'm having the best time of my life. You know what you should do? You should, on your stories, I've got to tell, because the amount of people that obviously watch your stories, you should do like Rachel's pick of the week when it comes to your book recommendations because the amount you've recommended me, like you got some good books that you recommend. That, that one that you kept telling me and I kept putting it off and then I got cat to order it finally and it was like, yeah, I am pretty done. And then there was another one. What was the, it was a spiritual one. I actually went on, on Google and you could get it free. So I've been looking at that, but yeah, books, fill your head with knowledge and yeah, Rachel, you've, you, you got some bloody good recommendations. So. Thanks mate. Thanks yeah, mate. It should be like a weekly. Book room. Wait, it should be. No. How long does it take normally to read a book? Longer than a week. Surely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It depends yeah. how busy we are. Like at the moment I'm on holiday for, the next two, three hours. What is it? Nearly 6 p.m. So <laughs> then I've got Saturday, hours. Sunday, and I'm back to work on Monday. Um, yeah. It depends how much, how much work you've got on. But, uh, yeah, like not everybody enjoys reading. So listen to audio books when you drive to to, to your shift or um, when, maybe when you take, when you drop the kids off and you're on your way to work, you've got time to listen to a little bit there. But little nuggets, just do it. You'll be surprised at you and I always – talk about things that we've heard, things that we've read. And the quality of our conversations is always so real and so valuable, which is why our friendship feels so enriching because it's not just passing the time of day and gossiping. It's it's adding value to to each of us. And, and that is an amazing episode of Wisdom, guys. <laughs> These are literally the go-betweens between Glenn and Rachel on voice note, on Instagram yeah. or a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you've got about so true. you don't realize that those voice notes are like a minute and then sometimes you you realize that you may as well just make a call because they go to about 20, <laughs> 20 bloody minutes you're like may as well just picked up the bloody phone but anyway like they, yesterday I, when i cleaned the house whilst i was listening to your audio notes and then i responded whilst i was hoovering and you couldn't hear a word i was saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah guys when when you send in a message to someone Perhaps don't turn the hoover on. <laughs> yeah, don't don't hoover at the same time. Become aware of your surroundings. 
<laughs> oh, but mate, this has been amazing. I wonder where we'll be in three years' time. Who was to say, like, what where that's gone? And I think, yeah, it was it was so good. I, I just need to say though, for you to be studying the brain now, and for that to have been in your head for quite some time, and you being placed on a plane, and a brain surgeon sat next to you. We talk about serendipitous moments. You look back on those moments now. And go, yeah, because hmm. a lot of people on planes do don't speak to each ago. other, do they? No, they don't. But I talk to everyone t- to annoyance at some point. Like, <laughs> I don't need I don't need alcohol and drugs to have conversations or feel relaxed around anyone. I literally would be a nightmare on those to 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 anyone around me because I, I don't have a problem talking to strangers. But it was I should have done this a long time ago, and unfortunately, I had lost my sense of self and and where I thought I could go and what I thought I was capable of until and thought that maybe I would just grow within the the system and when I realized that there was a ceiling and I, and I was getting squashed and I was feeling like there's so much more to me why can't I why can't I why can't I why can't I and then eventually I was like just branch out burst out go do your thing and that that sense of Oh yeah, that's me. I'm here again. I've just found myself again. I'm I'm having conversations with smart, intelligent people about things that fascinate me, and I'm I'm loving these chats. And it's it's where I should have been a long time ago, and I I should have just done it. And that that waiting until the last station on the journey is a habit of mine. I'm trying to break now, and I'm and this is evidence of it. Yep, should have done this a long time ago. But but had I done it, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be where I am. However, I wouldn't have the life skills that brought you and I yeah. together as mates to, because yeah, I wouldn't have had the suffering. I wouldn't have suffered enough to fully understand what it takes to be human and go, okay, now I, now I've met myself. Now I'm prepared to better myself and improve myself for the sake of others around me. So this came across my path yesterday and I told you early on the message, but I want to share it with everyone. This is your life your story now go out there in the world and share it yeah so so good because look what can formulate if you hadn't gone through what you had and you hadn't been able to share your story your struggles it wouldn't be made where you are now and this is this is what a friendship becomes where you are equally there clapping the loudest going well done on your like the amount of times you go no this study is doing my in like assignment but then you've just got that that go between that bounce off wall and then when you succeed in it's like it's just a different feeling when you've got people that are just there for i don't even know how to explain it you know what i mean it's um it's just a different that you just know that they're there for you whether you're struggling or whether you're going through the top but we could talk for hours. When they mate. win, you feel like you're winning. When they win, you feel like you're winning. Like when you win, yeah. I feel that win for you because yeah. I'm invested in your happiness. I know the difference it's going to make to the kids and to Kat when you're feeling like you're winning. I know that the quality of their life's going up. And when I win and you see it, you really, you really go there with me and you 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 understand what it took for me to do it and the sacrifice. And it's it's wonderful because Honestly, most people these days, when I tell them I've had a win, oh, cool. Oh, just, I'm really happy for you. That's awesome. On to the next thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I need to sit in this celebration. Yeah. Do you know how much work I put hours yeah. and weeks and <laughs> days? Like, I need more than 30 seconds yeah. of celebration yeah. to make this worth it. Guys, this has been amazing. 
you know where to find Rachel. We are going to put up all the links as we often do, but she is often doing lives on bloody Instagram, (laughs) sharing her life with everybody, which is amazing because you have great, you have great banter with people and it's just, you don't change. That's what people see and that's what people resonate. You're the real deal. Um, And it comes through and it shines. And on behalf of IPC, three years later, the amount of work you've done for us, the amount of just friendship is regardless of IPC. Like you've been there at my lowest. You've been there when I've succeeded at things. You've been there (laughs) pulling my shit together. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, mate. Thanks, G. And ditto to you for um, providing such great counsel remotely and always at the right time and always from a real, authentic, thorough, comprehensive place. You dot your, t- you dot your I's and cross your T's with me, and that, that means a lot. I really appreciate it. I know that everything you're pouring into the IPC may, may take a while to become all that it can be, but it will. And every moment that you pour into this is saving someone's life somewhere, and that's something to take your hat off to. So hats off to you, to Kat, the kids, um, and to the whole IPC crew, what we're doing is really powerfully important. So big love, first bumps, keep it real, stay with the keep fight. It, what is it? <laughs> stay with the fight. I've not talked for years now, so I forgot that one. Stay yeah. with the fight. But guys, remember, keep having the hard conversations because it is the hard conversations that saves lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.